All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, another week in the books, and we're here to discuss our, our Week 13 recap. It's late on a Tuesday evening. Week 14 is coming upon us very quickly. How we feeling this evening? As always, need a temperature check, yeah. I always, I'm always feeling good after, uh, you know, that a beautiful W on a Sunday. Uh, I know you might not be feeling the same way, but for me, uh, I feel like we interchange this every other sun, every other uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. One of us is hot, you know, feeling great, and the other one is not so much. So, but I'm feeling good today. Yeah, well, I feel like shit, so I appreciate you calling that out. <laughs> but we'll talk more about that in, in a little while. And I, I'm not here to belabor any points. Let's call it what it is. The season is just moving fast. The standings are changing weekly. It's a ton of fun witnessing it firsthand. Actually, having this podcast gives me the excuse to watch these games even more intently than I might normally. And kind of selling it to, to the misses like, hey, this is what I got to do. Uh, this is part of the gig. This is what I, I, I signed up for. I'm responsible to Lou for these things. But this weekend, there were some good things, some not so good things uh, that took place. Like, hey, the Lions winning their first game of the season. or Your Bill Lions. Bill, Your yeah, Lions. My Detroit Lions. <laughs> or Bill Belichick reminding us all that he straight doesn't give any fucks and is going to run the ball, play defense in a crazy weather game. And – it's going to be what it's going to be like, this is what we're going to do. And it's kind of one of the things I actually admire most about him is just like literally not giving a shit. But you know, with that being said, I think it's time to go ahead, dive into things, but keep me honest here. Anything else you want to add or you want to get right into the old uh, hometown takes? No, real, real quick, real quick. Um, this is how, you know, the season's coming towards an end and we're going to talk about this later on the show. It's fancy football playoffs right around the corner that's when you know the season's starting to end anytime that's like uh you're starting focusing on the playoffs and fancy football i'm always like oh shit the season's about to end we're starting to hit some playoffs soon and guess what that's exactly what's that's that i'm starting to get that feeling uh right now well congratulations to you for clinching in the league that we are shared on this this should be a whole show this this could be you could talk more about this in our fantasy football segment. I'm okay. okay with I, that. I think I'm, not, gonna, I'm gonna have to pat myself on the back. On yeah, this. let's not <laughs> let's not take it there just yet. But I'll say congrats. And how fitting is it that I have to beat you this week with a little bit of help to even get into the playoffs? Yeah, throw in me that a league, which is even more frustrating. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll assist some guys. No, yeah, yeah, you clinched. So what do I like <laughs> that? And like, let's go take out either Frankie or Jared's knees and see if. Uh, and there's a shout out to some <laughs> listeners to see if we can get it done. Exactly. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's jump right into the hometown takes as we always do. Uh, your Chargers had the Cincinnati Bengals. My 49ers had the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, take us away, my friend. Give me the good, the bad, the ugly. Coming out with a, a W this past weekend. Well, when we always start with the when we always get a W, we always start with the good. And the first and foremost, the most the best thing I felt this uh, past weekend was mad Justin Herbert. Let me explain. All week, ESPN, NFL Network, other pendants were talking about the same question. Who would you rather start your franchise with, Burrow or Justin Herbert? Burrow or Justin Herbert? That was going on the whole week, and everyone kept on saying, Burrow, 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 because he has the, the it factor. And frankly, I think Herbert used those sound clips as fuel, and that's what attributed him to get out to such a you know huge lead against the Bengals, a 24-0 uh, you know, lead in Cincinnati. Um, 
outside of Dan Orzowski, everyone went to the tape and came to the same conclusion, whether it was Herbert throwing bombs to Mike Williams or was it him making uh, catches uh, for two-point conversions or bone-crushing tackles. Herbert was the best quarterback on the field, in my opinion, this week, uh, this past week. Uh, not, I'm not slighting Joe, Joe Burrow because I think Joe Burrow's phenomenal too. You can say one thing. Herbert was better and Joe Burrow – was good. Like that doesn't mean Burrow was bad. I don't understand why you can't say both, but um, first that's, that was my knee jerk reaction. Mad Justin Herbert balled out this past weekend. I want to get your opinion. Uh, I, I think you saw some of the game who I need, I need, you know, you, you can lie to, you can lie to children. You can lie to women. You cannot lie to men. All right. Who was the Especially better quarterback? football and their quarterbacks? <laughs> Who was the better quarterback in your opinion? All right. So I know the narrative, even from some people, was that Burrow played maybe better than Herbert. Let me let me put a, a stop to that immediately. Lou, you know me. Uh, we've been doing this long enough together now that it's always the eyeball test. It's not the analytics. It's not the win. It's not the loss. I don't look at that. I look at what do my eyes tell me. And my eyes told me this. Burrow can ball. And will be a problem in this league for years to come. But I stand by my comments that I've been making all season long. And Justin Herbert is special. I saw this man make throws that very few people on this planet can make. His arm talent is absurd. Top the five way, in the league, I would say. Easily. Him, him Rodgers, Allen. And Mahomes, yeah, I'd probably say right up there. What I loved were some of those plays that won't get the glitz and the glam and won't be on your Sports Center highlights. But this man moving to his left, opening in his Ooh. hips, and throwing the ball back across the field against his body's momentum with ease, right? Like not just like, oh wow, that actually happened. Like with ease like he made it look as easy as Mahomes makes the no look pass look right like it's just like secondary Yo, he, nature and you're taught not to do that shit like you were taught at a very young age not to do that that is not taught that is not coached that is legitimately god given so you asked me for my opinion i'm gonna come out and give it to you am i saying that herbert is better than burrow well yeah yeah i i, I kind of am but at least in this game, he absolutely was. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. And I'm not, you know, we've been down this road before. I'm, I feel like I'm the furthest from a homer. I just uh, didn't understand the narrative. Uh, they were saying Herbert missed, you know, numerous throws. And, yeah, he did miss some throws. Okay, I get that. Uh, and he missed some wide open people. However, the people that he uh, – some of the players that he, uh, that he quote-unquote missed, he was trying to push the ball down the field. So he was trying to get the bigger chunk plays, and I just felt like uh, there's a pass to Darnell Parham, like a bomb to Parham, hit his hands, dropped it though, like for a almost a touchdown. There was another pass to Josh Palmer uh, on the right on the right hash mark. There was a bomb. It was like third and like I think twenty or something. It was right before the end of the second half. He threw a bomb to him. He, Palmer came down with it, but uh, a Wouzier, uh ripped it away from Palmer with that interception. So. Yeah, he missed some underneath throws, but he was right there in his in his reads, and it was that close. He could have had two, you know, two more uh, big throws. 
uh, uh, during the game. However, that being said, another good thing from this past weekend, how about let's look at the future of the quarterback position, especially in the AFC. You, you have a lot of these uh, older quarterbacks. They're starting. They're going to be starting to leave. All right. Their their window is closing. I'm talking. I'm looking at you and Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at you, Tom Brady. Eventually, in the next 15 years, you'll probably you know, retire. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the, a lot of these older quarterbacks, and the future of the quarterback position is in great hands with both Herbert and Burrow, um, and your boy Tua. So. Uh, <laughs> Stop it. So I thought I, I was very encouraged to just to see like this could be, this could be like a uh, like one of those natural you know new rivalries, Herbert Burrow uh, and these up and coming franchises that don't have as, not as rich as history as like your Steelers, your Ravens and stuff like that. So uh, I was encouraged with the future of the quarterback position. And last but not least, I've been killing the defense <clears throat> uh, this year of the Chargers and. I have to give, you know, much respect and much kudos to them. They did really good this past weekend. All right, they're starting to take form. The Chargers lost Joey. Sure did. They, the, they they lost uh, their best player, Joey Bosa, in the first quarter on Sunday, and could have easily folded against this offense. I told you what made this Bengals offense so dangerous. It's multi-dimensional. They can pound to the rock and they can air it out with the uh, the weapons on the on the boundary. So the fact that they held. They caused a lot of issues for that Bengals offense, and it was players that basically almost no name players or players that have underachieved. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Chenna Nuoso, I'm talking about uh, Nazir Adderley, I'm talking about Justin Jones, uh, Till uh, Tillery, uh, Drew Tranquil, Kaiser White. These are not your household names when you're a Chargers fan, you do follow them and you do know them, but I just felt like these players really stepped up and I actually think that Bosa going out might have been a blessing in disguise. Hear me out now. I felt like they realized, oh no, Bosa's out. We got to step up our game. Not just the players though. There's another thing I noticed. They were blitzing a lot more and a lot creatively than they've ever have all season. Uh usually they just have like a middle inside linebacker uh, blitz. They're uh, corner blitzes. Uh they, they were uh, cover zeros like they were doing a lot of different types of blitzing. Uh, and I felt like the coaches thought that, like, they're going to have to generate pressure another way because they're not going to have Bosa to save their ass, like, you know, on every third down. It, it did it bode well for them. They were pretty good. This was the, uh, the like, the opposite of the Minnesota Viking games. All right. It's the Minnesota Viking game, but they were awful situational football. This game, they were pretty damn good in situational football. They, they, the last three and outs, uh, they did good on third down, so this was almost the antithesis of that Minnesota Viking uh, game. But let's let's real quick let's go through some of those players I was I mentioned before. Richard <clears throat> Nwoso, he had two tackles, two sacks, seven total pressures. Jerry Tillery, four pressures. Nazir Adderley, half a sack. Justin Jones was dominant against the run and also had a sack before he left the game an injury. Chris Rumpf, a fourth round draft pick. The Chargers this past year had three to four pressures and a sack. All in all, the Chargers defense had six sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles without their best player in the field. Uh, and here's another thing. Let's look at the last four weeks what this Chargers defense has done. All right. The only running back that has averaged four yards per carry over the last four weeks was Melvin Gordon against them. 
LA has held Mixon, Javante Williams, Najee Harris, and Dalvin Cook to under four yards per carry. You're starting to you're starting to see maybe it's better late than never, but you're starting to see this defense shore up a little bit. And they're no longer the worst rushing defense in the NFL. They're the second worst. <laughs> but when you start at the bottom, there's only no one way to go up. Go up, up baby. You can go up, man. So for me, that is all like the accolades I want to give to this uh, LA Chargers uh, team from this past weekend on the positive standpoint. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, you know me, I just kind of run through like what my eyes told me. So if you got good, that if that was bad or if that was good, or if you have a bad segment, go ahead and get into it real quick. Bad segment. Woo. Inconsistency. This thing was a, this was a, a roller coaster of a ride. This game, uh, they got to a 24 point lead left 22 unanswered points, and then finished the game on a 17 0 run. You want to talk about inconsistency. They dominated the first and fourth quarter. Got destroyed second and third quarter. Um, this is indicative of a team that has a first-time head coach who's young, a really young team too. So uh, that doesn't have that much depth amongst the offense or defensive side. So you're going to have these high highs and low lows when it comes to a team like this. Also, we've been – you know how I feel about Austin Eckler, right? Uh, yep. this, this past offseason, I ranked him, I think, number nine or number ten, my top ten running backs in the league. Kind of – some people were like, whoa, whoa, that's kind of crazy. And he has been performing like a top 10 running back. But this past Sunday, damn, he had two crucial turnovers that led to, you know, 14 Bronco, uh, sorry, uh, 14 uh, Bengal uh, points. And they were crucial. And a part of me thinks the reason why he felt he's, I just think he's a little ba- banged up. And the reason why he's banged up is because they have no one absolutely behind him for that RB2 position. I, I said that last week. Yep. Uh, I, I think they're trying to limit his touches, his carries, because they don't want to run him into the ground. But uh, it's start the wear and tear is starting to show. He's been pretty vocal about this, saying this is the most uh, touches he's had in the whole season. That uh, he's been trying. He called out, uh, uh, "We need someone to step up behind me when it comes, you know, to uh, the running back two position." So he has been extremely vocal about this, but this could this could be something to monitor, I would say, because as the season goes on, especially when you're playing in colder weather and what have you, a guy who's not been the bell cow running back his whole career is now asked to be the bell cow running back in this whole uh, in the season, and he's getting dinged up, and you're going to see little things like drops and fumbles, and I hope this is not indicative of what happened, but. It was a little disappointing to see him, uh, you know, put the ball on the ground twice uh, this past weekend. And one thing that was bad, I thought, the NFL robbed fans of this game by flexing that Broncos-Chiefs game. I said it before. I said it last week. That boring-ass game, that Sunday night game, was you – know, this This should have been the Sunday night game. I've said this time and, time and time again. The Chargers need – to be on prime time every week, and that's not <laughs> maybe that's, maybe, <laughs> just so you me. can see it. I hear well, you. Well, out. Well, hold on, hear me out. Hear, hear me out for this. Uh, I'm not saying that as a homer, and I'm obviously being like over facetious when it comes to this. But the reason being is because all their games are close, right? And not only all their games are close, they're all their games are exciting, and every game you're wondering. 
wow, I wonder how the Chargers are going to blow this. So it's just, it's almost like a, a spoken like a true Chargers fan. It's almost like a what if mystery. Like, how are they going to do this now? Is it going to be a special teams? Is it going to be offensive fumbling or interceptions? Defense giving up big plays? It's just watching a Chargers game is very exciting. No matter who you are, you're engaged. And I think the NFL royally screwed up uh, because, you know, you know, sucking off Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, that gets more viewership. This game was definitely more exciting. It should have been flex. So that was the bad that this was absolutely criminal that this was not uh, the Sunday night primetime game. Agree wholeheartedly. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, you could even left the 49ers Seahawks game because it was closer and came down to literally a fourth down. Mm-hmm attempt versus what we saw on sunday night that i would argue wasn't really even a game um although it was fun to watch javante williams in prime time because i thought he he did play a, a pretty good game but that being said i agree with you this and we talked about this this should have been the sunday night game so my quick two cents on this game um we already you already let me chime in with like my burrow herbert uh narrative uh, this is a huge win in a very tight AFC right now. Like this mm-hmm. was a big time win for the Chargers. Um, you mentioned getting out to that fast start, twenty-four nothing early in the first half. Uh, Chargers almost chargered this one, right? Letting a twenty-four point lead slip to twenty-four twenty, twenty-four twenty-two uh, by the end of the third quarter. I thought Herbert, Herbert, and I already talked about was magic. Some of these throws were ridiculous. Uh, the one that stands out to me actually the most is that touchdown to Guyton. Um, just, again, a, a, a throw that very few quarterbacks in this planet can actually make and will actually attempt. And you know what? In the NFL, one-on-one is open for a wide receiver, right? He put that up there, let my big guy go make a big catch or a big play. And that's what Jalen Guyton did. And good for him, man, because he made his quarterback look really good for trusting in him to throw that ball downfield. Crazy. He was people are nitpicking uh Herbert that yeah he yeah it was a touchdown, right? But like he should have released the ball sooner in his read or whatever. Stop that. This is a results two things. This is a results driven league. It was six points no matter what, all right? So I don't care how you get the six points on the board. And secondly, once again, let's not forget that Justin Herbert, this is his second season. Why is he getting judged like an eight-year vet? I absolutely don't get this whatsoever. Not only is it his second season, it's his second season learning a new offense. So people need to relax on, on, the, on the, the Herbert slander there. I don't care if it's his 12th season. You said it. Results oriented. Everyone, you think Tom Brady got to where he is by not trusting his wide receivers and putting the ball up and saying, "Hey, like, go make a play for me." You know what I mean? Like, this is the NFL, one on one, man to man coverage. The wide receiver is open, especially in this day and age where if he doesn't catch that ball, you know what? They probably throw a flag and you have the ball on the one yard line, and you're running it in. Like, this is what you got to do. This is what a not enough quarterbacks are doing, and not enough quarterbacks could make the throw that he actually made to put the ball out there. This is the same chicken shit um, with Patrick Mahomes, right? Like results oriented Patrick Mahomes throwing no look passes all over the place, left-handed passes all over the place as he's falling to the ground. Nobody says shit when they're completed, right? Like nobody's like, Hey, that's ill-advised. Like, Hey, this is the NFL. Like maybe you should look at where you're throwing the ball. You'll be more accurate. Like nobody says nothing because they're completed, right? Like, so it's, it's it's get over it, move on. He put the ball where he was supposed to, and he made his rece- let his receiver go make a play. So I don't subscribe to that nonsense at all, at all. Um, 
because hey, look, he took a shot. He took a shot. Like this, this, you know, big risk, big reward. That's the way that this league ultimately works. The two things that I definitely want to call out, and we'll move on. Um, that that fumble from Mixon, forced by the Chargers defense, returned for six, was backbreaking, huge, swung the momentum totally yep. back to the Chargers. It literally, it literally just game. I've never seen such. Bengals momentum, momentum. I've never seen how like a team that had so much momentum and just sucked abruptly out. Abruptly stop. Abruptly yep. stop. It, dude, it happens. I mean, Mixon's arguably the hottest player in the league coming into this game, right? He's actually two touchdowns a game yeah. for like the last four games and over 100 yards. And you guys held him to 59 total yards. Um, yes, he did was get it, into the it, end zone. 59 like, total yards. Was it like 2.9 yards per average? Yeah, it was it was almost twenty carries, um, and no yeah, catches. So, yeah, so everyone was talking. I was I was the first one on that bandwagon. Mixon was going to shit all over them, but lo and behold, uh, I was wrong. Yep. Hey, defense is showing up at the right time of year, right? Like this is when you need them to start to get in their flow, start to gel, and do things. You mentioned six sacks, four first turnovers, really impressive um, from that unit. The one thing that I will say was definitely. Uh, game shifting and this is what i love about the nfl the ball just bounces in funny ways was the one pick on burrow that like literally hit jamar chase in the hand in the hands where he's going into the end zone if he catches that ball and it just takes a funny bounce but that's the nfl like the ball it's a game of people say inches i say centimeters right like and you and you capitalize so like I don't a know, win I, I, is a win is a win and you won um by the end of this game in convincing fashion so I don't want to talk about too, that too much, but all I'm going to say is this, Weston. The Chargers' skill positions, their wide receivers and tight ends, uh, lead the league in drops with 24. And guess what? Guess who's on one of the lo- on the bottom of that list? The Bengals. Yep. So um, you know what? It just was an inopportune you know, drop or tip, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they were due. And like you said, the ball bounces a funny way. And – the old Chargers probably wouldn't have capitalized. That would have just been an incomplete pass. But lo and behold, you know, once again, they turn they turn that to interception. I get it. You don't feel sorry for them. Neither do I. It's just the way that it goes. Uh, it's happened to your team. It's happened to my team, and it's going to happen to other teams out there. I'm just, I've just, to me, that's the the funny thing about the NFL is the ebbs and flows, right? Like if Chase catches that ball and walks into the end zone. Game looks a little bit different. That's all I'm saying, right? Like, that's the only reason why I mentioned. Looks a little different, but coulda, woulda, shoulda, didn't, is what it is. Hey, right. if my aunt had a penis, she'd be my uncle. So let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now I definitely on YouTube have to check not for children. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, yeah, I mean, your, F, your, your F-bomb before didn't uh, already. Yeah, I was going to say my F-bomb in the opening made sure that we were disqualified, yeah. too. All right. So let's get out of this game. Dude, congrats on a win. Big win. Big time of year. Let's get into the shit show that was the 49ers versus Seahawks. I literally don't know what else to say other than, like, this is 49ers versus Seahawks football since 2012. Seattle owns San Francisco. Owns us. We talked about how, like, oh, the 49ers seem to own the Rams. That's not owning. What the Seattle Seahawks do to the 49ers is sunning someone like that's how bad it is and this has been the entire Pete carroll russell wilson era going back to the 2013 nfc championship game the seahawks are 15 and 2 against the 49ers think about that 15 and 2 that is ridiculous russell wilson's actually 15 and 4 against the 49ers um in his lifetime they're a kryptonite 
And I don't honestly don't know for the life of me why I even allowed myself for a split second to think that this week was going to be any different. I mean, I should have known better. Seattle yeah, coming off of three looks, losses. Yeah, they Seattle did. looks so bad. They look there's talks about a rift between Russell Wilson and Carroll. I mean, that's why you let yourself get there. I what I tell you, hope is a hope is a mother, you know. Yes, it don't is. don't give yourself hope. <laughs> I mean, here's the reality. They still looked bad. Like we shot ourselves in our foot so many times in this game, had opportunities to put this away. Um so I'm going to start with the good, and then I'm going to get into the debacle, which is not normal for me. I normally kind of start with bad and like then roll with mm-hmm. good, but I'm going to start with the good. Um, so I'm going against my conventional approach here. Aziz Alshir had another stellar game, so I'm oh, calling yeah. out some individuals. Like This was the best game of his career that mm-hmm. would actually be widely talked about across the NFL had the 49ers won this game, but they mm-hmm. didn't, so it's an afterthought. Um, but he balled out. George Kittle is really good at this game called football, dude. Like really good and i'm not just talking about the statistics i'm talking about everything that he does for this team and i'm going to talk more about that later and i know he hasn't been healthy all season but he is still when on the field and i know i hate to say that when healthy when on the field he's the best tight end in football i don't even think that's debatable anymore when you watch what this guy does in the run game and what he can do as a receiving um weapon actually another positive note was the defense hard to say that in a win Minus one or two very specific players that I won't call out by name. Not that it matters, but they Do played very, <laughs> Josh Norman. I'm looking at you um, and they played very well, given the circumstances, right? Like the 49ers threw two picks inside our own 30 coughed up the second half kickoff inside of our own 20 and the defense actually allowed zero points off of those three turnovers, zero points. And they weren't playing in what, Buffalo and New England were playing in this weekend, right? Like, we forced our own turnovers. Yes, we forced a missed field goal. Things happen. In fact, the initial seven points given up in this game were on a fake punt that was run in for 75 yards. So think of this narrative for That's, one second. That, that is that is, Backbreaking. That is absolutely – This start, it was early in the game, so you could have recovered from that. It was the first that, series of the game. Yeah, but that that was – that hurt. And you know what? We did recover because we went up 17-7 after that. But what was crazy is, all right, what's the narrative been on the Seahawks? Offense has just looked out of whack. Russell looks out of whack. Like, things don't look normal. They get the ball first. They go three and out. Negative yardage and go three and out. And then they fake the punt from their own 25-yard line on the first series. This was an empty-the-tank game for them, right? Like, they were going to do everything in their power to not lose four in a row and especially not lose to a division rival. And can they, I say one thing? Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but watching that game, I I got this. You, you hit the nail on the head. Division rival. I Seattle hates the Niners. Oh, bro, P. Carroll hates us more than you can ever imagine. I felt like it was almost like Steelers Ravens esque. You could just tell. I'm like, where has this energy from this team been all year? They are absolute. They are. They looked completely different from a. Uh, an energy standpoint and an execution standpoint. Yep. Uh, I'm like, wow, they really hate the Niners. Sometimes and that's what it just, came down to. Yep. Sometimes you just get up for an opponent, but again, you don't want to lose four in a row, right? Like losing four in a row in the NFL sucks. And this is an empty tank game. And you know what, dude, if you hold them to three and out and they actually punt in conventional manner, 
momentum just looks different, right? But instead they fake a punt and run it to the house for 75 yards untouched. I've never even seen that in the NFL before. Like, like in that regard, like normally that guy's got to at least break a tackle. Like he didn't even have to try to break a tackle. Homer took it all the way. Um, but that's it. So I can't put this game on the defense, even though they scored more points than us, right? Because that's not the true narrative of this game. So that being said, let me get into where I'm going to place the blame on this game. I think I know where. <laughs> yeah, I think anybody who watches this game knows where. Anybody who's watching it with like an actual like eye, right? So we talked about this, Lou. You've mentioned this. You've said this multiple times. If the game plan isn't perfect, meaning we aren't running the football well, Jimmy is going to struggle. Just a fact. Just what it is. And he showed that this week in a game we knew we needed to depend on him. No secret going in. Your Swiss Army knife on offense, do it all, Debo Samuel, out. Like, you got to step it up. And in this week, we got typical Jimmy. You had two horrendous interceptions. Where I literally have oh no idea God. where he was throwing the football. Like, literally no idea. Actually, the first That's one. what happens when he tries to push the ball down the field, though. He just the first gets, one just... was he pushing down the field. This was like a seven, eight-yard route. That, that nobody pushing the ball down the field. I know it. you're right. You're right. And he threw it right into Bobby Wagner's lap. Like I know. Wild, dude. Like I've crazy. Now again, this happens in the NFL, right? Like sometimes, like you see your receiver, you don't, and you lock in on him, and you don't see the guy who's just sitting there. Like it happens, right? So okay, shrug that off for a second. But if you wait a split second while you don't have pressure in your face, Sherfield clears him and is probably running to the house with that pass on a eight, nine-yard slant, right? Like our drag across the field is probably the better technical term for what that was. The second one, I have no idea. Like this was just literally a force ball over the middle to Kittle, who was like quadruple covered. Like don't even know. Was this Diggs? This Diggs pick, the second pick, yeah. Don't even know what he was looking at. Um, So here's what it comes down to. It's like Kyle is drawing up the right plays, dude. Mm-hmm. The QB just can't hit this receiver. It's what you and I talked about. Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, um, Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury. These guys, Andy Reid, these guys draw up home run plays every single doesn't matter if it's first down, second down, third down, unless it's like a design QB sneak just to get the first down and extend the drive. They're drawing up home run, home run plays. Even on running plays, it's designed where if you block the people you're supposed to block, this person's taking it to the freaking house. And they're open, dude. I mean, Jimmy missed a wide open Kyle use check on the sideline. That, like, yes, you can argue Kyle caught the should have caught the ball, but like a better throw, that's arguably six. Kittle down the sideline at one point where if he gets the ball to him on time and Kittle doesn't have to turn around and like backpedal to get this pass, he's probably still running with the football, like right now. Like nobody's catching with him. Ayuk multiple times in the middle of the field wide open and i just talked about the bobby wagner pick right like no pressure in your face sat there for a second get rid of the ball and then the dude on our opening series are we still in the good section by the way no we're in the we're in the this is the shit flush it down the toilet (laughs) section. we've been in this section in our opening series what is typical jimmy is and dude you know i how bad i want jimmy to be good like i so badly want him to be good right and i so badly want him to be more than he is like um he's a good guy right like the the team actually likes him like the players right like he resonates with them um but it just it's it's not it's not coming to fruition for whatever reason but dude like 
there are times where he is just like as stationary as I have seen any quarterback just like super flat-footed no pocket like, awareness yeah like even on the safety like no dip no nothing no duck now i could argue there was a there was a, a quick face mask in there but it, it, it happened very quick and very slight but it is only this tom brady or Aaron you get those calls. those calls exactly exactly um it's just getting frustrating saying the same thing week in and week out because i'm even saying these things when we win right like is like Still missing this, still missing that, still missing the open receiver that the play call is actually designed for. And and here's reality. Like, we weren't able to establish the run game. No secret. Trent Williams literally came out after the game and was like, yeah, dude, they had like 10 people in the box. Like, they were literally daring us to throw the football. They had 10 people in the box, and we we weren't able to do it and weren't able to execute. But that was also game flow. Like, they had to get away from it. Lou, let me, let me talk to you about the second half and what this looked like. We fumbled the opening kickoff or fumbled the kickoff on the second half. Second possession, three plays, safety. Third possession, four plays, pick. Fourth possession, three plays, four yards, punt. Fifth possession, four plays, 15 yards, punt. Sixth possession, 12 plays, 95 yards. We went the length of the field and batted down a fourth and goal pass. So, we literally did not move the ball. If you add that up, what are we talking about? 41, 45, 48 yards of offense prior to the last possession of the game. And it was still a one possession game. Like that's ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, and they had to abandon the run because they're trying to move the ball. You're backed up against your, your own end zone, right? Like you, you got to get a first down. You got to do something. And, and the run game wasn't there because Seattle was selling out. It is what it is. Are you ready for this? Here's the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, as they saw. None of this changes anything, like anything at all. Jimmy is still going to be the quarterback moving forward because this team is still in the playoff chase. They just slid from the sixth seed to the seventh seed. Um, and we've got an East Coast game against the Cincinnati Bengals that your team just played. Now they're fucking motivated because they're coming off a loss um, in conference. And it's like it, it changes nothing. It changes nothing. We can sit here. We all saw the same game. We're all saying the same thing about Jimmy. Like, is Trey Lance really this bad? Um, which, and I don't think that's the tr the case, right? I just think Kyle's looking at it very narrow-minded, like, yo, who's the guy who's ready? Who's the guy that's prepared? This is the guy that's ready, um, you know? And, and I don't, I'm not totally disagreeing with that. But I think if there's a loss here, got to flip the script. Got to go big or go home at that point. Because what's, let me ask you this. What is the value gain from this season? If you finish nine and eight and don't make it into the playoffs and you just sat your rookie quarterback the entire season and got no playing time, is there value there? Do, I I have do you, I have two pennies in my pocket. Do you want my two cents? I do, but here's what I'm going to say before you give it. Okay. To 49ers fans that want to see Trey Lance in 2021, better luck next year. Wow, uh, I'm not gonna. You know I love you, Weston, right? And I'm not I saying, know you I'm, do, bro. I know you do. So when I love someone you too, but give it to me right. Yeah, you know this shit's about just, to get real just, right now. Just put some lube on it. Okay, ready? <laughs> See, your season's over. The Niners' season's I'm over. Not arguing, and, and let me tell you why the season's over. Jimmy, 
couple of reasons. First and foremost, your team is severely limited with Jimmy G at the helm of the quarterback position. All right. Uh, You're not telling me anything I don't know. I understand. They cannot solely rely on the, the running game and the defense to bail Jimmy G out like they did on that Super Bowl run. That's a completely different team. That team totally was, different team. That team was way better. It was that way team was deep. the deepest team in the NFL. You just stole the words out. That team was way deeper. This is not that team. No, it is there's not. no not way. There's no way this team can compete with the powerhouses in the NFC who are enriched at the quarterback position. I'm talking about really because your defense is good, but you're not that good to to consistently stop the Rodgers, the Brady. Uh, uh, Dak, like you guys can't do that. You guys will, will never be able to go through that murderer's row. You it's just because your defense is good, but not on that level. No, nope. all right, your running game is good, but it's not on that level. And Jimmy G, unlike the Super Bowl run, he's not going to be. He's, he's it's it's over. He he's like a bad steak. He's well done. Like. He's not gonna get you those games like he did with the that the Saints game that year. He's not gonna be able to provide any life support to a team, and he's a hindrance. That being said, I, I said this early, you know, in the in our shows uh, prior that Jimmy G should have been the quarterback. Now it's time to tr- go to Trey Lance. I was just gonna ask you, gun to your head, you're Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> what does under center look like for you going into Cincinnati this week? Um, probably not Cincinnati because you got to look at the optics here. You don't want to look, look like, Hey, we're, uh, I probably would wait one more week, but that being said, you bet your ass Trey Lance is getting some first team reps this week. That, that was my opinion, but this team is done. This team is absolutely done for this year. And what sucks. And I'm not trying to, you know, throw salt on the moon here. You don't get your draft picks either. Like your early draft pick, like you don't get the first rounder next year. That, that kind of sucks too. Uh, I don't know. How we're talking about are. we're going to trade Jimmy G first for a first round pick. Like that's like well, maybe two. This is literally the pick. narrative that I have to listen to all the time because he went on a, a little hot three game stretch and had you know a hundred uh, quarterback rating for four consecutive weeks. What was his EPA? <laughs> I don't fucking care about EPA. Like I literally could care less about an EPA. Like Mac Jones probably had the highest EPA ever, and dude threw three fucking passes last night. Like this is the shit that I I can't deal with so i agree like actually going into cincinnati like there's matchups i think we actually match up with them okay right like I, seattle Debo owns comes us. Back. yeah we match up with them okay and we don't have the toughest schedule down the road like we have a depleted uh tennessee team we play atlanta um we play houston we play Tennessee's, cincinnati ten- Tennessee's but, defense but they're not good, they're good. No, defense they're yeah yeah so but like they're not what Tennessee was with Derrick Henry on the field, you know. Like AJ Brown can't get back on the field. Julio hasn't been back on the field, and you know what? By the time we play them, they'll probably all be there, right? Like Derrick Henry is just gonna walk out with like a new leg and be I totally fine hope, to go. I hope so. Me too, because that would be like right at fantasy championship. Um, that being said, there is a path to meaningful football, but I do agree with you. It's it's like you're in the first round of the playoffs, and then you're probably walking into a buzzsaw that is either Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, 
and your your fate is is spelled out pretty clearly for you um but that's it man like and as a fan like i want meaningful football but right now like meaningful football means that i feel like i have to hold on to more jimmy when i know he's not going to be here next year like i know that you know so like get me to the guy like get my guy meaningful snaps at this point while we're in a competitive chase because i'm telling you dude he legit can't be any worse because when there is the uncertainty of like, yo, do I make this throw? Just take the fuck off. And the quarterback right now can't do that. Like, just take the fuck off. See, I think you were calling for Lance a little prematurely when I was saying, no, you have to now be is, Jimmy. Now is the time. Now, now. now it's like 13 weeks in. He should know. You know yeah. They should understand what his strengths are. Uh, but it's even more telling, though. Uh, because it's not it's not so uncommon that like you know the Dolphins did this last year they brought into uh, I know they they flip fly but it's not so uncommon to you know bring in the 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 the, the, the rookie quarterback to start playing to, to give you guys some more juice or energy uh, it's been d- done it's been done with the Chiefs with Mahomes and what have you but like now's the time Lance needs to get out there you, you, the Bengals you, you go there you see if you can steal a W uh, in Cincinnati. But after so, that, and if you guys are lethargic there, I'm telling you, got it. It has you, to. You, got, it you has have to. to. So here's the one thing I'll say about this, and let's get the hell out of here. Is I know people will say it's telling that somehow, some way, Trey Lance hasn't surplanted Jimmy G. Like it's telling, right? And like people keep saying, like, oh, well, if, if Trey can't outperform him in practice and can't outdo these things, like that's that's concerning. That's concerning. He's the only rookie that's not on the field. Like, I don't subscribe to that. Like, I know how Kyle runs his team. I know Jimmy's getting all the first team reps. So Trey's not really even getting the chance, right? He's running scout team. He's pretending to be Russell Wilson. He's pretending to be whomever. But why? I don't know why. But I don't know why. I'm not in there. But I am less concerned about this considering the path that Trey Lance went through to get to the NFL. He played FCS ball. And he's a year removed from playing competitive football. All these other guys you're talking about are rookies. Just came out of playing competitive football at the FBS level. And it's fresh to them. So I'm, I'm not making an excuse for Trey Lance. What I'm saying is I'm not shocked that there's growing pains if he's not passing him. Like, again, dude, this guy went a whole year without seeing defenses blitz him. Without making reads without making calls without doing taking snaps under center like it takes a while right like and, yeah, but and we're I 13 feel, weeks now weston i mean how much longer but, but no he's you're not dude but practice in the nfl in this day and age man they're short they're sweet they're non-fucking contact like it's different it's just a little different so i'm okay with the coddling of like hey let's not put this guy in a position where we're going to destroy his confidence but i know what i saw against arizona and what i saw was not bad it wasn't great but it wasn't bad you know what I mean? Like it's better than what we're getting right now. That's all I'll put. That's how I'll put it. Yeah. All right. Let's get the hell out of that shit show. And let's go from one freaking out uh, fan to another, a bunch of freaking out uh, people here. <laughs> let's do it. I'm freaking out. What are you freaking out about? Yo, Bill's mafia. You gotta be freaking out. This was sure supposed shit. to be the end of the Patriots reign at the top of the division. This is your time. You, you guys, Finally got yourself a quarterback, Bills Mafia, uh, since Jim Kelly. And lo and behold, the evil empire of the New England Patriots are back. And they did, they're they doing their best Undertaker gif where he just comes out of the coffin, rises up, and his eyes are rolling in the back of his head. 
And all of a sudden, they're the be- the the New England Patriots, the best team in the AFC, the number one seed. They lead your division, and they just smack you around physically and mentally at your own uh, home field. Regard, I don't understand with the weather and what have you, but damn it, this must be a tough pill to swallow for both the, the Bills uh, Mafia and also the Buffalo Bills themselves. Yeah, this this is definitely a dagger in the throat for for the Bills. One thing you, I will say about that game the, last night. Everyone was making all the jokes like look at the Mac Jones walk like it's like like it, they never felt threatened and they and they the, the, and they start off slow and you still never felt threatened and holy shit New England have nowhere. Dude, it's it's wild. It's I, like, like death and taxes, man. New England yeah. making the playoffs. So it um, one thing I will say about last night's game, dude, is Josh Allen is so talented, bro, and he's such a competitor. You see him just missling that ball through 50 mm-hmm. mile an hour winds, yep. like like it's 95 degrees outside and sunny, um, and 100 percent humidity. Like he is a freaking savage. And you're right, like you finally have the guy. Like what's going wrong? Um, but this is like Big Brother syndrome. This is not. This is the same thing that like the 49ers are dealing with with the Seahawks. Like sometimes people just have your number in New England seemingly has buffalo's number time and time again in fact i'm freaking out if i'm a new england patriots fan because here i am we did not plan people (laughs) yeah we drafted the heir apparent to tom brady um and it's funny like i told you my next door neighbor's diehard new england patriots fan and he the whole time was like I was like, dude, we're not. I can't take Mac Jones at three. Can't take Mac Jones at three. Just can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Because we could take him at twelve. Like clearly, he went at fifteen. Like, why do I gotta wait? Blah blah blah. And I even said to him, I was like, I don't care at this point. Mac Jones can go win you six Super Bowls as as a New England Patriot. I just don't want him on my team. He's not the guy that I wanted to trade up for. Would have been plenty fine with him to have at twelve. But they have the Arab parent of Tom Brady. The money they have spent in free agency, which worked. they never do, and is working. Works. How often it's, does that work? That's what I'm saying. And it's working. I mean, Judon is a beast on that defensive line for them. Right now, they're first not only in the AFC East, they're first in the entire AFC. Home field advantage yep. runs through New England right now. And they did it and secured it for the time being, albeit, right? Like, there's plenty of time left in a game where they attempted three passes. Three passes you heard it three passes for 19 yards in an entire nfl game i've been alive and i've let me put it this way i've been watching the nfl for arguably 33 ish years i've never seen that before right like three pass attempts in a game bill belichick saying fuck you last year was a fluke cam newton in his dead arm gave me nothing it was the year of covid now we're running the tables with a rookie quarterback, and I don't care. You can have Trevor Lawrence. You can have Zach Wilson. You can have your Trey Lances and your Justin Fields. We're going to run this table with McCorkle Jones. Patriots fans are pumped right now, dude. Yeah, but, I mean, I was—I expected this, though. This, this, I didn't. I honestly did No, no, I'm not talking about for the season. I expected them with what they did to Buffalo, what they did. We we talked about in our in our in our uh, our pregame or the pregame how I'm like they're just gonna run down the throws. So they have two running backs and just run run through them. So But I picked uh, Buffalo. You didn't. I did not. No, so, you did not. And we'll talk about that in a minute. You got another freaking out? Yeah, well you know you're talking about you know here you are you're talking about New England Patriots. There's all there's all this love for the Green Bay Packers. 
What about the Arizona Cardinals? Why are they not getting more love? This is because they're in my division and I can't stand to do it. <laughs> well, hear me out. This is ridiculous. They're, they're the best record in the NFL at 10 and 2. And guess what? It's not like they haven't experienced their own injuries. They've been slammed with injuries. J.J. Watt, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. These are heavy hitters. Chase Edmonds. These are heavy hitters on that team. Uh, And the fact they only lost two games, it goes to show you that Cliff Kingsbury has done a better job coaching, and the team is pretty damn talented as well. But so much disrespect. You're looking at all, like, the power rankings and everything. They're, like, two or three. Packers are one. New England are two. Because they're the flavors of the week, but it's ridiculous how uh, the Cardinals are not the consensus number one team in the NFL, especially what they've been through, and especially the talent they had to replace for yep. numerous weeks in and out, uh, in and out there. So uh, Arizona Cardinals fans, I'm not sure you know how many there are, there are of you, but keep you know, but keep your head up because I'm telling you, this team is pretty damn good. Pretty good. Um, they have all the potential in the world to make a real run at the Lombardi. Uh, they're they're legit, and you just said it right. Like, I mean, dude, they've gone they've gone on the road and won with Colt McCoy, right? Like multiple games, multiple games. AJ Green, a washed up AJ Green, as their number one wide receiver threat. Like, it's just it it just feels What's different. This? Kingsbury's just got them motivated. Like, they are legitimate right let's, now and, but not- ride this right because like you just never know like so cardinal fans like hope for everything cliff kingsbury because i know you listen to our show go for <laughs> the gold and go for everything dude right like don't like this is the year you need to be all in this year because you never know what next year brings well there, don't, let's not also forget that they are one bonehead uh, aj green uh like non-look catch against the Packers away from being 11 and one and being the Packers. So they yep. went toe to toe with the Packers. So. Yeah, they did. Um, they're legit, dude. They're legit. So I got one freaking out. I'm going to make it real quick. Okay. Uh, and this should be really obvious, but the Houston Texans, they are the only team that is currently mathematically eliminated from the playoffs if you consider all circumstances, not even, even your Lions, not even my Detroit Lions, <laughs> who just tallied their first win of the season in week 13, have earned that distinction just yet. What makes it even crazier, Lou, this is this is a fact, right, is in a year where there's so much parity and they are not part of it. But they're not, so they are mathematically eliminated, but they're not even in last place in their division. So this comes down to like tiebreaker breakers and strength of schedules, etc. So not only the only team that's eliminate that is they're the only team that's eliminated from the playoffs. They don't even have this the number one pick overall secured. <laughs> like like dude, like come on now, like they're, you yo, can't make fa- this shit up. You can't failing, make this yo, shit up. They're failing at failing, <laughs> bro. It's so like I my heart breaks for like the fan. So uh, my old high school coach is actually a coach down in um, in Houston right now. And I text him and I was talking to him about this, like, bro, like, are you serious right now? Like, you guys are literally the only team eliminated and you haven't even locked up the number one pick overall yet. And they might not lock up the over number one overall pick. And what makes it all worse is 
the Deshaun Watson situation because he's clearly not going to be there next year. Whenever this thing wrinkles out, so like you have no face of your franchise. I don't think that makes it worse. I think it it does, dude. You just don't have a distinction, and this quarterback draft does not have a Deshaun Watson replacement in it. You know what I mean? Like so that so so even if you draft one, what are you doing? What are you doing? Going to go draft Jadavion Clowney again? Like how'd that work out for you? Or Mario Williams? I'm sorry, Mario Williams again, number one overall. Like how'd that work out for you? Dude, he was pretty damn good, Mario Williams. Still should have been Reggie Bush. That was the tank for Bush year, dude. Yeah, wow. Picture, picture draft a, a, a running back number one overall. I mean, bro, he was only, only Dave Reggie Gallo Bush is arguably <laughs> Reggie Bush is arguably a top three college football player of all time. Like he was disgusting in college, bro. Human think, highlight reel. I think Barry Sanders I, would have something to say about that. So would Tim Tebow, like statistically yeah. and things of that nature, collegiately speaking, but like. Reggie Bush like was out of this world. All right. So we're done freaking out. Let's get into some speaking of studs. Let's get into some uh offensive and defensive players of the week. I will give you the honors. Are we starting offense or defense? Let's do uh let's do offense. All I was right. like on offensive. First. Give give me number 1 for your offensive player of the week. Well, the guy who's always accustomed in the last 3 or 4 weeks to being in this exclusive uh, category or this lounge per se, Jonathan Taylor, once again, 32 carries, 143 yards, 4.5 yards uh, per carry average and two touchdowns. It's almost like he's so good. It's like boring. Like he's just, he's going to get you over a hundred yards. He's going to average four and a half to five yards a carry. He's going to get you multiple touchdowns and he's going to break a, a, a 40 to you know 60 yard TD run. That's just Jonathan. You know what? He'll be my uh, – I'm just a little foreshadowing, guys. Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if they, who they play next week right now on top of my head, but he'll also be here next week too. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, a stellar week always and owning as a fantasy owner of Jonathan Taylor. Mr. Taylor, I appreciate your efforts <laughs> as of late. Uh, that being said, uh, my number one is Mr. George Kittle. Uh, nine receptions, 181 yards, and two touchdowns from a tight end. Uh, pretty impressive. And just in the matter in which he did that, right? Like, Lou, not sure if you saw it. I'm sure you saw it as a highlight. But his second touchdown of the day, that tippy-toe fashion down the sideline, you know, talk about a game of mm-hmm. centimeters. Um, pretty impressive, dude. You know what I mean? Like, not nec- like nothing to sneeze at by, by any means. Like, just – Again, like I tell you, when he is healthy, and I hate saying this, but when he is healthy, he's the best tight end in football. And it's because he's an athletic weapon and he just mean mugs people when he's blocking. But he had some some tremendous offensive output this week. Yeah, he was definitely on my list. Uh my next guy I had my on my list, it's finally Javante Williams time. Finally. We were talking about it with Jay on his, on his show. Or, uh, on Sunday morning, but uh, Williams balled out without a Melvin Gordon. He had 23 carries, 102 yards. Average was 4.4 yards per carry. He also had six catches, which was ranked him first on his team. He had 76 receiving yards, which was second on his team, only behind Jerry Judy, who only had one more yard. He was the complete offense for Denver. Uh, and and he also had a touchdown, too. Let's not forget about that. So, Javante Williams, uh, I'm staying at the running back position. 
Welcome yeah. to the lounge. Yeah, welcome to the lounge, baby. I, uh, I think that's what we're going to call. You know, I think we're going to call it the lounge. The lounge. I like that. I like that. Offensive, yeah. Let's remember that. Um, dude, I could go in so many different directions There's with so this, many good players. I know it's a lot of great offensive um, outputs this week. I'm just going to go with the uh, probably one of the most obvious, and I'm going to say it. Tom Brady, uh, 38 for 51, 368 yards, four TDs, 112 um, quarterback rating. I just bro just continues to do it and it's so infuriating and i'm so envious that this man is older than you and i and i can't even get out of bed and not be in pain and this man still puts on an nfl helmet and dominates his competition so my number two guy this week was tom brady but can i give a shout out to a player oh i mean of course it's your show i'm gonna give a (laughs) shout out to russell gage I had him, if you recall our last week's talk and part of my fantasy advice, I said you need to go find yourself Russell Gage. He's poised for a breakout. He's getting ton of, a ton of targets, and he had 11 receptions for 130 yards uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. So, Mr. Russell Gage, I salute you. I, I, I feel you waiting at the door of the lounge. I just can't let you in this week, bud. <laughs> you have to wait one more week. One more week, brother. Weston's the bouncer. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. All right, who you got? Numero uno. I'll let, uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll state the obvious. Go ahead. Uh, TJ Watt, six tackles, three and a half sacks, three tackles for a loss, and six QB hits. Six QB hits against Lamar Jackson. Jackson. That's Crazy. like trying Crazy. That's, that, that's like almost trying to like catch a live chicken for dinner. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he was my number one, too, um, and I don't even think it's close this week. Like you just said, six QB hits on Lamar Jackson, right? Like three and a half sacks, a crazy, crazy game, especially Lamar Jackson, but sometimes Lamar's like that elusive. Sometimes he just like creates easier sacks because he runs into you the way he's moving around, and T.J. Watt is a very opportunistic player. Uh, but my number um, two, if you will, because T.J. was number one, is and I mentioned this gentleman's name earlier is Aziz Al Shayer. And this is not a homer pick. Lou, 16 tackles, half a sack, tackle for a loss, QB hit, force fumble. I'm telling you, if 49ers won this game, don't be surprised if like on NFL.com he was not up for defensive player of the week. But a loss changes that. But this man is ascending up and to the right. I had him on this list last week with his performance. This past week was even uh, more impressive in terms of just, dude, he took the Fred Warner rollover, right? Like green dot on the helmet, doing certain things. And I can only talk this way because I'm talking about my own team. But if you take my bias aside from it, like anytime you're talking about a middle linebacker, somebody playing middle linebacker who has 16 tackles in a game, that means they had a nose for the ball and they were all over it. Or they just went up against Adrian Peterson, who's a plotter now. It was easy to get that. <laughs> I think AP only had like seven or eight carries, dude. 11. So he tackled 11. some other players, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's up to 11 tackles right there. That's probably right. <laughs> All right, yeah, I, okay. Uh, I'm actually going to be corny and uh, follow suit from you because you did this a couple of weeks back when you talked about the Miami Dolphins defense. I'm giving out a game ball this for this past weekend. I already get, know where it's going. I'll get it ready for you. Hold on. Where, 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 where was this game ball? Going, going to the L.A. Chargers. That's right, man. They held Mixon, Joe Mixon, to 2.8 yards per carry, limiting him to one touchdown. Where the last three weeks he scored multiple touchdowns per games. 
They held Tyler Boyd and Chase to under 100 yards. They had six sacks and four turnovers. They were the, they were one of the reasons that, you know, the Chargers beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I just can't believe they were able to stifle this multidimensional offense, perhaps one of the best up-and-coming offenses in the league. So, game ball, L.A. Chargers. Congrats. Dude, I'm only going to bust this out when we give team awards, right? Like, here's your game ball. I love it. All right, All right. So I'll give one final. Um, I too had the Chargers, Chargers defense. That's why the game ball was ah! ready because I was gonna do it, dude. They bought like you just can't take that away from them. Um, uh, but I'll keep it real simple. I'm gonna go with uh, Chris Warmly opposite TJ Watt. Some yep. reason the Pittsburgh's, de- I mean, shit, we could have given another game ball to Pittsburgh's defense as a whole the way that they played against Lamar five tackles, two and a half sacks, two tackles for a loss, and three QB hit- hits. And you said everything you needed to say about TJ Watt going against Lamar Jackson, and Chris Warmly is not. TJ Watt, right? Like he just played at a, a, a different level. So that's where I, I, I wrap up with my defensive players. You got anybody else you want to throw in there? Or you want to get into uh, we're what we're watching? Yeah, let's get into what we're watching. I don't have a, a ticker for this one. I'll, I'll I'll have one ready to go next week. So oh, we'll get man. back to our recap. Fail. I know it's like, yeah, yeah <laughs> epic fail. Epic. Don't give me a game ball. All right. So you want you go first. All right. Um, I'm interested in this Dallas Washington football team game. Oh, you son of a bitch. That was mine. Um, and this is my number one. Um, Washington's rolling right now. And it feels to me like Dallas is just treading water, right? Like they're not they're not sticking it to anybody, like a reeling New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Like that's not impressive to me, to be honest with you. It's just like it's not. Um, but I feel like Washington's winning gritty games this year, right? Like they're playing competitive, tough, at times sloppy, but football, like doing what they need to do to win games. And this is the time of the year where you need to be doing this. So right. why is it? Imp- they won four in a row. Four in a row. Four in a row. Why is it important to me? Is Washington going to continue to close the gap? Or is Dallas going to say this is still our division and widen that gap? And to me, this is. Dude, I think Washington has every opportunity to win this football game. Shockingly, I, I really thought you were going to go for the low-hanging fruit. But I'm no. so happy that uh, so happy and so pissed that you didn't. I grew up. I think one of the best football is NFC football, NFC East football. Uh, and this is coming from an AFC guy. That's 25 years ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was is what we grew up to. What we grew up with and. It was so exciting. I felt like I love watching NFC East football when they're good, but they've been the whole division's been pretty awful for a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna repeat anything you said, but for those same sentiments that you had, it's the same exact reason what I'm looking forward to this game too. Uh, I want to see things are gonna get a little tighter in that NFC East division. If Washington, because I think was it Washington plays them this week and then like two weeks later or yeah. something like that. So like, ooh. pretty sure Dallas wraps up with a ton of <laughs> NFC East games actually. Ooh, so so, ooh, watch out. All right, I can say the same thing. I'm not gonna go. Do you have another one too or no? I do. I have two more. So do you got all another right, one? Go ahead. I, I, all right. So I'll, I'll do the low hanging fruit. Um, the Bucks versus the Bills. It. It's one of the best in the NFC to one of the best we thought in the AFC. Possible Super Bowl preview matchup. Uh, you got the young gun, Josh Allen, versus the savvy vet, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, there's a lot to like here. Um, got a good pass rushing, uh, pass rushing 
Buffalo team against a good offensive line of Tampa Bay. Uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting game, but I can't stress the fact that how huge of a loss that Tredavious White injury is for that Buffalo defense because they're built to stop the pass with their pass rush, and he does a fantastic job of being on the back end of the defense holding up for them so they can get to the quarterback. So it's a huge loss. Uh, let's see what happens. This is a big game for Buffalo. If they lose here, they're kind of back in the middle of the pack where all the other AFC teams are. I'm talking about the Chargers, Bengals, Ra- you know, all the other teams are just smack dab in the middle. So they don't want to find themselves there. This is a yeah. must win for them. Yeah, I had this game too for everything that you just said. Um, what I'm more interested to see is like, hey, this game's in Tampa, so it won't drop a foot of snow on the game with 50 mile an hour uh, wind gusts. So like, let me see. The one thing I never subscribe to is quarterbacks don't play against other quarterbacks, right? But I do think quarterbacks get hyped up to compete against no, other yeah. quarterbacks. So Payne, I think Payne and Tom Brady want to talk about that. You know, the old adage, you don't play against They don't play each other, dude. They, but, they have nothing but, to do with one another. But Manning always said, he's, he always said that he knew he had to put up a certain amount of points. Uh, in, his, like in his head, he had to put up a certain amount of points. When going up against certain quarterbacks, so it's it's still in the back of your mind, man. Oh, always, and it should be right. Like that's how you up yourself for the competition that you're playing. All I'm saying is, like, I want to see Josh Allen up his competition against. I mean, at this point, who can even dispute it? The goat at the position, right? Like it is what it is. The other thing I'll just throw out, and I'm sure you probably looked at this as well, is Monday night game Rams Cardinals, right? Like. Rams got that win. They needed it after a couple straight, uh, three straight losses. Um, and you talked about how Arizona's being slept on. I, they're the best team in the NFC. Record indicates NFL, it. You can only play NFL. Who can play NFL. Um, record, you know, you can only play who you, who's on your schedule. And they've done it well and convincingly. Um, to me, this is can the Rams prove something here, right? Like, are they just chasing or are they? competing and that's this what is, i, I want to say this is a good the Rams have more to prove than the cardinals do in this game exactly and i got one last one too i have the ravens versus browns of course the, the same exact thing can be uh, that we said about dallas and washington matchup could be said about this game the ravens were crowned the afc north champions three weeks ago and guess what everyone was with a game or two of them in that division now so if the browns beat the ravens who, who it just separates them by a game. This is a huge game, uh, you know, for all people in the AFC North. Yep. So, uh, out the Ravens have come back to you know come back to earth recently. They have no answer. Their offense looks anemic, confused, uh, just just not good. And they're banged up. They lost Marlon Humphrey, who's one of the top cornerbacks. We you know we both stated you know in, in the league this year. Uh, and that's a and that, that's a hurt because they weren't doing that great when he was on the field. He was playing great, but that, that was a whole defense. But that's we'll see what one. happens. And the Browns have been beat up too, so they they're coming off a bye. So it's a big game. Let's go, let's go Nick Chubb. I need two fifty on the ground from you this week, baby. Yeah. All right. So perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, here we are. Let's get into. What's become my favorite segment out of all this and talking more about what's on the docket for this week, picking our winners and losers. Lou, last week you were nine and four. Wow, really? 
I was I was nine and four as well. So a pretty uh, that sucks. A pretty yes, I'm very pissed off about this actually. Um, a very successful week for both of us. So on the for the season that puts you at 66, 46, and one, puts okay. me at 62, 50, and one. So I made up no ground. Even even with my Lions prediction <laughs> this week and going out on a, a crazy limb. So without further ado, I have my. Let me just make a, the most obvious comment in the entire world. Since I've started writing down these picks as we're making them, do you know how much easier my life has become on Sundays? <laughs> just be like, check, check, X, check, check, X, versus like, all right, I got to go back and listen. Like, who did Lou say? Who did I say? Who won the game? Right? Like, I can literally do a lot of time. And it's the most rudimentary thing that you can ever think of. But this has literally saved me years on my life just doing it's, it it's, this it's, way. It's, it's old school, like running the ball 40 times and throwing it three times. <laughs> and winning formula. Dude, I've seen so many gifs about how, like, uh, the 49ers, like, and, and Jimmy G being like, you stole my plan. <laughs> word for word. That's what I did. <laughs> That's what like Kyle Shanahan, the guy, like, rubbing his hands. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so true. Dude, love to. It's winning formula in football, bro. It's time of possession. It's everything. Like, every team. If no they could actually. Anymore. Dude, if I. If you surveyed every coach in the NFL and they're like, bro, if you ran the ball 45 times a game and can only throw the ball three times a game, you were going to win. Would you take it? They'd all be like, yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Like, it's just a, it's a winning formula. It's, it's time of possession, keeping playmakers off the field. It's so many things that go into it. All right. Thursday night, we got the Steelers versus the Vikings this at is- Minnesota. At Minnesota. Oof. Give me, the, give me I'm already, the Vikings. I'm already writing in my pick. Give me the Vikings. Damn it. Me too. I, mean, I feel like that's a, 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 the Steelers played an emotional game. Yeah. Uh, Vikings, game. two losses, a division loss against the fucking winless Detroit Lions. Got to yeah, come out. I'm, I'm hesitant. You're out. If you lose this game, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, it, it's short. It's on a short week. I, I always tend towards uh, the home team on a short week. I'm not sure if I, I love to see what their record's been throughout the year. Uh, it's just hard to get up for those games, and I know they're without Dalvin Cook, but when you have Madison back there, you, you don't really miss too much uh, from Cook. And also, they could possibly be out with Thielen, I think, as well. So that's a big blow, but we'll see. I'm saying I'm still saying Vikings. I'm still saying Vikings, too. I'm saying Vikings. You can yeah. go ahead and change it, but you have literally three, two, go, go, go. Just, one. All just right. Turn the page. Ravens at Cleveland. Oh, you hit me with these the hard ones up front. No heavy softball. hitters right up the gate, bro. I like like the softballs here. Um, in Cleveland, in Cleveland, Ravens at Cleveland. I already wrote in my pick. Okay, okay, give me. Yeah, give me the Ravens. Yeah, me too. I know. I hate it. I don't want it to be that, but that's who it's got to be. I'm thinking right. big brother syndrome. Yeah. Uh, I'm also thinking like two piss poor performances in a row from Lamar and offense, not just Lamar. Uh, something's got to give, right? Or the Ravens just aren't who we thought they were. Um, it is what it is. Jaguars, Titans. Titans. Yeah, me too. Um, Raiders, Chiefs in Kansas City. Chiefs. Yeah, it's Chiefs. 
easily. Um, I don't want it to be, but the Raiders are reeling right now. It's such a shame because they started so well. Oh yeah, uh, and my heart goes out to them. Yeah, I know you don't give a shit, <laughs> but I do. I like you know I'm not one of these guys who's like because I'm not from the Bay Area. Being a 49ers fan that like hates that competition, like I think the NFL is better when the Raiders are good because they're just like that. Let like they have a legacy to them, you know. <laughs> Um, I know you're calling bullshit. Yeah, right. no, uh, I'm, the most obnoxious fans in the world are Oakland Raider fans. I'm saying Oakland Raider fans and Philadelphia Eagle fans. So it's not even close. It's Philadelphia. Like it's not even close. O- Oakland might be or Raider Scary. fans might o- be. Right Oakland there. might be a pop pop. Like you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, they disband 49ers Raiders game in the preseason for a while because dudes were getting stabbed and shot in the parking lot regularly because of that Bay rivalry. You know. Yeah. Um, wild. All right. Saints at the New York Jets. Ooh. I already wrote I already wrote down your pick. I guess Saints. What do you mean you guess? Like I get it, like the Jets are the home team. You know what's even more baffling is I'm looking at this and it says tickets as low as nineteen dollars. That's still dollars too expensive. <laughs> but dude, nineteen dollars? Like, what? What world can you go to a game for like that amount right now? Like, not a giant stadium. You've most certainly He's cannot. World. <laughs> yeah, no, not dude. Even, bro, I'm a giant season ticket holder, and I tell you right now, face value, you, no bullshit, Lou. My season tickets that I inherited from my grandfather, who was a forty year season ticket holder for the New York Giants. Me and my brother inherited these. They are literally the last row in the stadium like i'm not kidding you you can't go any higher i can stand the entire game and nobody can say shit to me because i'm not blocking anybody's view face value regular season so you, so, 115 so you know a ticket so, wow so you know when it's going to snow before the people on the field <laughs> bro 100 percent. honestly so i'm i'll tell you i'm, I'm section 302 row 26 seats I believe it's 17, 18, 19, or 18, 19, 20. It's seven, I think it's 17, 18, 19. Dude, I, I sit right in the end zone. I can see the entire... It's like watching all 22 film, right? Like, But watching it live. Love these seats. Um, when my grandfather had them before they built the new stadium, we were in the same section. We were just low, much lower in the section. We weren't this high up, but we wanted to retain. And when they built the new stadium and they were charging... $800,000 for like PSLs. People are like, just move me up. Just move me up. Just move me up. So we stayed in the same section and that was, that's where they b- boosted us. And then we joked that once my grandfather passed, like we're just closer to him. Like we're watching yeah. the game next to him. Right? Like we try to have a little fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, 115 per ticket. Wow. And I can sell them right now. If my brother goes to the games, cause I'm not a giants fan, right? Like he goes to every game, but we sell them right now, even at a loss at a hundred dollars a ticket. And I'm looking at this jets game at $19 a ticket. They're probably like my seats just for the jets at $19. <laughs> ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. So I'm saints. You're saints, right? Yep. All right. I think we've had one different, not one different. Yet. This might be where we're different. Cowboys at Washington. I'm, gonna, I'm still saying the Cowboys. The Washingtons put up what, 17 points again. Uh, you know, I'm 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 saying Cowboys, and the re- I'll screw. It, I'll say it. put up 17 points against the worst ranked defense the last four weeks. So, yep. so I'm a little nervous there. The Cowboys, you're saying you're a little nervous yeah. there. I'm going Washington. Two reasons. I just think they're playing hot football. 
like what I talked about before, and I need to make up a differential against you. I got to make up one game a week for the remainder of the season. I th- I'm hoping this is my game. Desperation's a stinky cologne. It's though. a stinky fucking cologne. You ain't kidding. All right. This might be a differential here, too, when you have two shitty teams going against each other. Falcons versus Panthers in Carolina. Give me the Panthers. Fuck you. I feel like they're coming, they're coming off a bye. They fired their offensive coordinator. And they had like a week to implement new. Yeah, I would say Panthers. Newsflash. They're probably a year away from firing their fucking head coach, too. No, they can't. Just, he, he had like a I know he's got a long-term contract, but. I don't like, think he's got a fair shake. doesn't actually, count against your cap. If you got to make a move, you got to make a move. I, I, st- I, st- I still don't mind him. I don't uh, mind Matt Rule, but I just feel like, dude, he just used, not- you just used your boy as a scapegoat. That's what you just did. Like, you just scapegoated yourself with your boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't like that. Um, but I, too, am taking Carolina coming off of a bye week at home. Um, and I'll say this is a Cam Newton day. Yeah. All right. You didn't see me roll my eyes. <laughs> I know. I, uh, Seattle at the Texans. Watch Seattle just lose this fucking game. This is how yeah. much they get up the 49ers. Bro. Now, this, no, this, Seattle's going to win this game, and they're going to even make you – Then by them winning, it's going to make you even more nervous because, like, wait a minute, Seattle's starting to get – All of a sudden, they're rolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Seattle, too, as much as I hate it. All right, Detroit at Denver. At you, wanna Denver. Go, you, you, you want to go with this one first there? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Broncos. The, the Lions already did what I needed them to uh, do. Okay, so they, I'm going Broncos. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're done for the rest of the season. They got their one. That is it. I get to, like, bask in my glory. for. High, although my buddy, who's a diehard Lions fan, dude, sent me all these text messages and all these videos. He got thrown out of the game with, like, a minute left. He was at the game and got thrown out with, like, a minute left. Um, and he showed me the – he was literally videoing himself as they're throwing him out of the stadium for being so wasted. Wow. <laughs> I feel like they would just, like – they would Right? Like, just, just like, stay yeah. here, dude. Yeah, but, like, at that game – at that point, they probably thought the game was over. Like, Jared Goff's really going to go downfield and yeah. a game-winning drive. You got Bron- – I'm assuming you got Denver, too. I do have Broncos. Okay. Um, G-Man versus your Chargers. Gonna say it's the Chargers, but it's gonna be close. I understand that uh, Daniel yeah. Jones, probably Mike Glennon, won't play. is their quarterback. This is the game. No, that's not gonna be close. he has a he he has a concussion. Who Glennon? They so signed, who the hell are they rolling out? They signed, Jason Garrett is Jason Garrett coming back and playing quarterback versus coordinator. I think uh, Chris Sims is coming out of retirement because he doesn't know anything about you know being an analyst. Um, no, they signed Jake Fromm from that was hard to say. No, uh, from Buffalo's practice squad. I thought. Why did I think Fromm was in? He was. Was he once upon a time in New England? I feel like he was always with Buffalo. We're gonna Google this. I'm pretty sure, Wesson. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Jake oh, Fromm. This is gonna be so embarrassing, guys. Just you gotta watch this YouTube video right now because you're gonna see. Wesson's face just be so embarrassed. It's like, oh, I'll lose right again. 23. Buffalo Bills, New York Giants. You're right. So, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Stidham. <laughs> That's who it was. Stidham is the backup over in. Yes. Ah, you fucker. All right. Yep, you're right. I'm wrong. I'll take my L's. 
So, I mean, it's early in the week, and that's why I don't like doing the picks this early in the week. So, when you look, you hear our records, people, you understand we're doing it on a Tuesday. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. We have no before. information. We have no information. We're going Active, off last week. Yeah. And got... All right. Who'd Niners, Niners, Bengals. I'm oh, taking Chargers, too. Okay. Taking Chargers, too. Niners, Bengals. See, this is huge because I feel like if Debo comes back, uh, Oh, is Debo, is Debo coming back? That's the expectation, yes. If he comes back. He makes a world of a difference. I still have Cincinnati. But I'm guarding my heart. You could gain two games here, Lou. Cincinnati's just too good of a team. I, I felt like they're motivated now. You're right. Yeah, you got to go Cincinnati. It's at home. Yep. Although, what is it on one o'clock? No, they shifted it to four twenty-five. They literally, they literally flex this game to an afternoon game, so it doesn't. It's not like a huge time zone difference for the 49ers. I'm, I'm still. Your running backs are banged up. I'm yeah. gonna say whole team's banged up, bro. I'm gonna say the Bengals. All right, I'm with it. Because the one thing that your your team is great at, you're you're hurt. Sermons on IR. Uh, Wilson's knees messed up. Uh, Mitchell, what's going on with Mitchell besides his finger? Did he? Uh, he got, him? but he no because he finished that game, so he might he be, be in the no, protocol. No, well, no. Dude, he got whapped. Yeah, he so. finished the game, but then he got in percol- uh, concussion protocol. Yeah, they were like, we probably shouldn't let you finish the game. They they um, hired they hired a doctor who got C minus in med school. <laughs> yeah, they hired me, and I was like, he's good. He totally can go back in the game. He counted to three. He missed two, but he counted the three. <laughs> he got the three. He got the three. All right. So you got Cincinnati. I got Cincinnati. Yeah. Buffalo at Tampa. Buffalo at Tampa. Yeah, I got Tampa. Another physical running team. Buffalo is not built to stop that. Yeah, I got TB. Um, Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay. Got, yeah, you got GB. I think that's it, right? Nope. Monday night. L.A., Arizona. In Arizona. L.A. still – the Rams still don't look right. I'm sorry. Even against the Jaguars, I thought I know, they still don't look right. And whoo, Stafford took some big hits in that Jaguars game too. I'm going Cardinals. I'm debating if I just want to differentiate because we only have one difference in game here, dude. You, know, you can also be. I mean, I'm just doing it from. Uh, I don't. I get what you're saying. I'm going Arizona. I'm going Arizona too. Um, I agree with you. I just yeah, feel like sure. LA's get right was a Ramsey revenge game against a two-win Jacksonville team. It wasn't beating anybody substantial. Yeah, and this and game's like, on the road against a division opponent. I'm okay, going so Arizona. what? All right, so what if if Ramsey shuts down Hopkins? They have so many other options on that team. Chase Edmonds might be back this week too, dude. They have a ton of options. Okay, if he comes back, then they have two running backs now they can rely on. They have Zach Ertz who's been playing pretty well. They have Rondell Moore. Uh, yep. You know, they got AJ Green. Uh, it could be a Christian Kirk game. So, uh, all right, go ahead, take away Hopkins. There's so many different ways they can beat you. I hope it's a Christian Kirk game. <laughs> I might have to play him against you this week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's wrap us up. We get into our final segment here. Fantasy uh, football. Fantasy football. Hold on, hold on. We Before go. we get started, hold on. Do, do we not get to – I thought we prelude, uh, preluded earlier in the show that – I'll let you have up. a minute of fame. Okay, ready? Am I on the clock? 
and it starts. You're on the clock now. All right. The fact that now. I came to eight wins in my and on the in our Howell Fantasy Football League has been nothing but short of impressive. I had Derrick Henry out for the whole year, pretty much. Uh, Miles Sanders missed four weeks. Kareem Hunt missed four weeks. Uh, I had Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. COVID, boom, two games each. Uh, who else have I had? Uh, you name it, I picked them up. They've been hurt, man. It's been nothing. This might be the best performance of a fancy owner ever for me crawling in to a fancy football playoff like Leonardo DiCaprio crawling into his white Lamborghini in the Wolf of Wall Street. So that is it. That's me pounding my chest. So, uh, yes, so uh, perhaps one of the most impressive yep. performances of a, the year. A whole lot of work to get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, my God. Way I break it down. <laughs> no, I don't know, dude. I, yeah. you stop, know what? stop, stop. All if right. Derrick Henry comes back, though. It, which he's not. Like, you'd be – if I was trying to – I mean, I guess they're still in the thick what? of things. Like – why can't they like uh like yeah just, just put, do what, what they use in varsity blues that they were shooting into that running back's knee no, just, no, no. Like the quarterback's knee. just go do it i was talking about that thing you put your knee on that has like a wheel you know <laughs> your leg is like bro you still can't tackle that man like why can't he do it all right he might not get like 150 yards like that but he'll get 80 and two touchdowns so. i was gonna say he's definitely getting you two tutties like 100 <laughs> percent confident in that. all right let's all uh, right so give me your uh Give me your first player in terms of fantasy advice. Yeah, um, I'm going to stay actually in Tennessee. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard. He's, they're coming off a bye. They played Jacksonville. Hilliard went off against a tough New England defense. All right, he had 12 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, since then, you know, Tennessee has released Adrian Peterson. I think this could be a Hilliard game. Who else is going to carry the – yeah, Foreman. I get it. But it's not – they're still a predominantly run-heavy team, and with no big offensive skill positions like wide receivers or tight ends, they really can rely on. They're going to rush the rush a lot this this week uh, against the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars. So, sorry, just having a stroke there. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back though now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah, I, so I actually have both him and Foreman on the same lines. I'm like, it's too early in the week. I don't know who's like going to get bulk um, yet, but I agree. I'm coming off a bye. Like, they're going to get the ground game going, and it's probably Hilliard when all said and done. Um, I'll go with Van Jefferson. I think it's time people start taking me seriously and get this man in your lineup. He's coming off multiple consecutive good fantasy production weeks two consecutive weeks of eight plus targets i think he had like 40 just under 50 a tutty this weekend um the previous weekend like 90 yards and a touchdown um and he's just kind of starting to take form that i thought he would as that number two guy opposite cup probably more so than obj and i think as we get closer to the playoffs, that will change. So as you're trying to make the playoffs in your fantasy league, like you might only see this type of production another week or two before you see a shift. So Van Jefferson is one of my guys. He's so polarizing for the fact yeah. that he's explosive, but he drops so many balls. Sure does. He really does. He really should does. be on the Chargers. 
<laughs> He's on the wrong LA team. Wrong LA team, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Chargers, guys, we did not plan this, by the way. Uh, Keenan Allen came out yesterday. He's on the COVID list. He is vaccinated. Uh, I went through uh, his uh, medical records. I called his doctor up. His doctor confirmed he's vaccinated. So not he, immunized. Not immunized. Uh, so if he get if he doesn't get two negative tests before Sunday's game, which is a home game, so which is more beneficial uh, for uh, Keenan and the Chargers because his second test could be the Sunday, as opposed to they're traveling. The travel day would be Saturday, so he would need that test. The second test would be Saturday, so he actually gives him an extra day. Long story short, Josh Palmer, uh, I feel like, could possibly be a Keenan Allen replacement. Good route runner. Uh, almost caught that bomb with uh, Justin Herbert against Awuzie. Came down with it, but Awuzie just ripped it out of his hands. They're start, he's starting to get on the field more, uh, and I think that could be a, a possible uh, you know, sneaky play, especially if Keenan doesn't play. There's another player I have, but I will not be uh, talking about it because it's in our league. Well, I just, you know, it could be just gone. Just say the name. Just say the name. I, I can't do that. Can't oh, because oh, it's waiver wire night. I get it. I get it. Uh, but I will say this. I'm going to give you mad props. Last week, you told me about, um, what's his name, Josh Reynolds on Detroit. I picked him up, showed the screen. He had a pretty good game for me compared to what else I was going to throw out there. So shout out to Weston. I, I had, you know, the faith in him. And uh, he he helped me. Uh, he didn't he didn't help me win the game. I had I had a bunch of studs on my team, but uh, he 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 didn't he didn't put a goose egg out though. He filled the gaps. Filled he the stayed gap. liquid. He filled the gaps. Exactly. Um, all right, my last guy here. Well, real quick, if you handcuffed yourself appropriately, like you were supposed to, Chuba Hubbard needs to be in your lineup as you're going forward. No, you Christian love McCaffrey. him. Love Chuba Hubbard, actually, bro. I'm super excited because in my one league for the last two weeks, I've been playing a combination of like Matt Breida, um, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Dante Foreman. These are the running backs that I've been playing in my it's league. It's like the running backs of Christmas past. They all bro, died like four bro. years ago. I'm coming back to haunt you. But coming back this week, I'm looking at Chuba Hubbard, and I'm also looking at um, Chase Edmonds coming back and this is also a league that i lost derrick henry mind you right so this is a league that i lost henry but my receivers bro jamar chase justin jefferson um hollywood brown Cortland sutton kittle at tight end josh allen at quarterback like bro i'm studly in this league my running backs have been hindering me since obviously the departure of uh derrick henry but getting hubbard and Edmonds back is a tremendous upgrade over running with Brita and yep. Foreman and and whoever else I've been throwing out there at this with Tevin Coleman, who still gave me 10 points, by the way. Like I'll take that all, all I day. I didn't take that all day. From Tevin Coleman, yes, I will take that. Uh, but my last one is Taysom Hill. So if you got one of the, the volume, he's the finger. Yeah, he should be, I think he's playing. Okay. Um you talked to his doctor too? Yeah, yeah. I called him, I was like put that motherfucker in the game so I can finish out my segment tonight. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Wes got yeah, you covered. Yeah, shoot, we're all good. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, totally. We're fine. Uh, sl slip me that hundy and we'll call it a day. <laughs> uh, and I actually hate saying this out loud because I am not a huge fan of this quarterback to win NFL games, but he can help you win some fantasy matchups. Like I know last week he threw four picks against the Cowboys, but let's do some real math. He also he ran threw, for 100 yards. Ran for 100 yards. Like, forget the picks. Uh, forget the yards. 
He threw four picks. That's negative eight, right, in most leagues. He threw two touchdowns and ran for two touchdowns. In most leagues, that's 24 points. So there's a plus 16 favor right there, not counting 200-plus passing yards, 100-plus rushing yards against a pretty good Dallas defense. And this week he gets to do it against the New York Jets defense, um, a totally different task. So I feel like if you – if you have one of the bye weeks, yes, there are week 13 bye weeks in the yeah. NFL right now. Um, could be your guy. And I said this on the show with Jason on our our Sunday morning show. Get your get your handcuffs. So people who have, you know, Fournette, pick up Ronald Jones. You just never know what's going to happen. Uh, whoever else you have, get your handcuffs. Totally agree. Um, it is time. Chuba Hubbard, one of those handcuffs, right? Like get whoever you got to get. And chances are at this point, if you're in a competitive league, they're gone. Uh, but go take a look anyway. Maybe get your handcuffs handcuff as we're going into to playoffs. You, you, you never know. But do that wraps us up for a week 13 recap. Um, looking at the clock here, we went uh, nice and long, but that usually means it was a good, enjoyable show. And we had a lot of content to cover. So Always appreciate you allocating the time and, and rapping with me about all things NFL. I'll rely on you like I always do. Tell everybody where they can find us. Find us on Twitter at WTF Pod NFL and Instagram as well. Our Instagram page is perhaps one of the best pages out there at all. It's like Kim Kardashian WTF. Like right, it's like real close. It, I, it's really good. I put us maybe slightly below Chloe Kardashian under Kim Kardashian, but we're talking about top three Instagram. Chloe pages. has been nothing with Tristan Thompson. Uh, <laughs> her ass. If anything, you had you know you got to throw Kendall or Kylie out there. I know, I know the Jenners. You throw the Jenners in there. Now we're talking uh, for sure. Um, also, give us a shout out. You'll see it on the. Um, the bottom of your screen, I'll put it back up for you. Uh, but follow us. Uh, we're talking football podcast on YouTube. Give us a make sure you hit the subscribe, the like button, help us out. Do us a favor. If that's all you do and you never come back and listen, we appreciate you just as much. Lou, I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening. Looking forward to watching the results this weekend, both fantasy and scores. And looking forward to doing it all again next week, man. Take it easy. Adios.